Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 87, Men Do Disney. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Tom. How's everybody doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So the depression has set in. Yeah. Not, not, not great being back. The real world is very different from Disney World. But yeah, it was it was a really fun trip. It just went by too quickly. Uh, it feels like I blinked and I was back working on Monday and hadn't even been to Disney World. And I tell you, and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I, I feel like we really slow played this trip. You know, as far as intensity level, and it just it feels like it just blew by. Yeah, it really did. I completely forgot y'all were there. Y'all started sending out texts because, you know, we hadn't really talked that week prior. And um, I knew you guys were gearing up or I couldn't remember when you were going to be there. And then all of a sudden I started getting a picture, picture, text, text, text. And it just looked like y'all were having an absolute, absolute blast. But I was, I was very, very jealous. Yeah, definitely a good time. Uh, but again, too, uh, too quick of a trip. So we will uh, we'll recap our trip here in, uh, in just a minute. Before we get into that, I know we've got a ton of news to catch up from the last couple of weeks. Tom, let's get rolling. We're going to dive right in. So starting over at Epcot, O Canada to close in a few weeks. Uh, just a few more weeks to see the O Canada film at Epcot. The attraction will be closing on August 1st. The space will reopen a few weeks later during the Epcot Food and Wine Festival as, a, as an indoor festival marketplace. And then at an unspecified later date, an upgraded film will debut. Uh, and, I, and I think we're going to talk about the Canada Pavilion a little bit in the episode tonight. But uh, yeah, just want to keep you informed. If you want to see the original film, you need to do it before August 1st. Uh, staying at Epcot, a new restaurant is coming to Epcot. Walt Disney World announced that a new fast casual barbecue restaurant will replace the current Liberty Inn quick service restaurant there in American Adventure Pavilion. The new location, which will be named Regal Eagle Smokehouse, will have craft beers, barbecue, and it will open later this year after the Liberty Inn closes on July 8th. Uh, the <coughs> Good riddance. <clears throat> the official description uh, from Disney World is the new location will be a modern barbecue smokehouse with all the accompanying sights, sounds, smells, and flavors you love, including a large smoker preparing fine food every day right on the pavilion's promenade. This will also be a redesigned patio. I'm excited about this. I think that this restaurant is terrible as it is right now, and I'm very, very anxious to see what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, so taking that monorail trip over to Magic Kingdom... Staying with the barbecue kind of theme here, Aunt Polly's will open this week for the July 4th holiday. Uh, Magic Kingdom, one of their dining locations is Aunt Polly's, which is on Tom Sawyer Island. Uh, it periodically is open and predominantly closed, but it'll be open from now. Uh, the, the, we are recording on July 1st, so um, it'll be open from now until July 7th for a lunch uh, from 3 a.m. to 3 p.m. for the Independence Day holiday crowds. They will have barbecue wait, wait, wait. sliders. Three three a.m. to three p.m. Did I say three a.m. to three p.m.? Yes, sir. I meant eleven a.m. to three p.m. Sorry. The uh, menu will include barbecue sliders, peanut butter sandwiches, and other picnic style uh, types of food. Just another place to, to uh, attract a crowd because Disney's going to be packed, especially Magic Kingdom during uh, this little span of time. Staying in Magic Kingdom, Disney has squashed the rumors about the Enchanted Tiki Room, the Enchanted Tiki Room, and the Country Bear Jamboree closing. I personally think it'd be a okay if they both closed, but Disney has other ideas. 
There have been some rumors that have been floating around the past couple of weeks, but Disney has come out straight this week with a record on the record saying that they will not be closing and these attractions are not going anywhere. I'd be okay with Country Bears Jamboree, but I would not be okay with Tiki 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 Room. I, I'm, you know, I think uh, some folks really love these attractions, and that's probably why they're staying. Well, and I, Disney did come out and say that they're not closing. I don't think that they've said that there's not going to be overlays to these, which, I, you know, if you read the rumors that are out there, I think were the initial rumors was that the country or the uh, tiki room was going to get an, a Moana overlay. So they haven't really come out and said that this isn't going to happen still. I would actually be okay with that. You know, with a Moana overlay, would, that would be, I'd be okay with that. Moving over to uh, actually one more piece of news in Magic Kingdom. There's a new upcharge available for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. The new upcharge experience is now available for guests visiting this year's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. For, for the small price of $99 per person, guests will gain access to Corella's Halloween Hideaway, which will be located at Tony's Town Square Restaurant. It'll be open from 9.30 to 12.30, 9.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. Inside lo- this location, guests will have savory and sweet treats during the event. You will meet Corella DeVille uh, as well. And the uh, upcharge event also comes with a reserved viewing area for the night's Boo to You Parade. So they're all about these upcharge event to the upcharge events. Got to yep. make that money, Pete. Got to make that bread. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, they uh, are not bashful about this. So you're already going to have the eighty to hundred dollar plus ticket for a family of four, and let's pop them for another hundred for uh, this event as well. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I even like in my entire youth have a picture with Corella Deville, or even have her autograph and the old autograph books. I mean. That alone might be worth the price of admission for some longtime Disney guests that are lacking that one autograph. But I wonder if they'll think about doing something like this with any other Disney female villains like Maleficent or um, the Snow Queen. Because those, those characters you see on floats and you see in you know, different shows, but I don't really see them out and about very often. Yeah, I think I have a picture with Cruella DeVille, but it's been years. You're right about that. Moving to Hollywood Studios, Voyage of the Little Mermaid will be closed select days in July and August. You know, I actually like this attraction, but I don't think everyone does. It's I think it's five days in July and four in August or something like that. I don't have the exact dates, but if that's important to you, make sure you check the closing dates, which you can find online, uh, for, for which days you want to avoid Hollywood Studios so you can ride that. Star Wars, March of the First Order to come to a close here soon. After I think the last day is July 7th. So if you've been to Hollywood Studios, you, you've probably seen this at some point during the day. Uh, it's entertainment that's been offered for a few years now, where Captain Phasma leads the group of First Order Stormtroopers from Star Wars Launch Bay to the center stage area of the park. It's not been confirmed by Disney yet, but their official calendar does not list the attraction past July 6th. And according to sources we've read online, the removal of this entertainment offering is expected to be permanent. Uh, staying in Hollywood Studios, Disney is shuffling the snack offerings near Indiana Jones. Epic Stunt Spectacular. Uh, This week, Disney has renamed the snack kiosk in front of the attraction to Epic Eats in order to prepare for the opening of a new Oasis Canteen, which will be over by um, near the Echo Lake Satellite Bar, which is currently outside of the attraction. Epic Eats will continue to offer funnel cakes and assorted beverages and adult spirits, and the new Oasis Canteen will offer draft beer cocktails and specialty cocktails. So another place to kind of suck up the crowd when, uh, when Galaxy's Edge arrives. Going to Animal Kingdom, 
Primeval World to remain closed until at least July 3rd. Uh, so several weeks ago, we reported on here that Walt Disney World had released an advisory informing guests that Primeval World would be closed until further notice due to some unspecified technical issues. We have not really heard anything about what's going on with the attraction, but they've confirmed it's at least going to be closed to July 3rd, which means it'll probably open on the 4th as Disney is trying to add and have as many tra- attractions alive on that day. Uh, guests with FastPass reservations for this will receive a replacement FastPass for an attraction of the same tier automatically in the My Disney Experience app. And going to the general and resort news section quite a bit here. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of breeze through some of the smaller items. There's new water fountains with, with bottled water refill stations at Cosmic Rays, which is really nice if you are if you have a bottle of water or you have something you brought in you want to refill. Uh, August 6th, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique will officially be opening at Grand Floridian, and reservations are now available for that. Um, there is a new discounted water park options now available for annual pass holders. Uh, Disney's announced a special summer splash pass water pack add-on that allows annual pass holders to enjoy unlimited visits to Disney's Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon from July 5th to September 7th. The cost of this pass is the same as a non-discounted one-day water park ticket at $69, and the new add-on must be purchased at a ticket window beginning next month, uh, well, this month, rather. July 5th is the first day that that, uh, it can be used. It is not for sale online. Uh, Now, one thing I'm kind of bummed about annual pass holders uh, now will get a free gift when attending Disney's Villains After Hours event so I did this and uh, the free event it's a um, what is it I think it's a free Christmas ornament and that is available beginning July uh, June 27th rather so it just started it just became available you can pick it up at Mickey's Star Traders in Tomorrowland it was not available while we were there and so obviously I didn't even know this was going to exist but that is kind of a nice uh souvenir you can take home as an annual pass holder probably the uh i guess we'll do one more bit one more piece in the big the bigger news but the, my my first disney getaway package is now available it's 999 dollars plus tax that is two nights at all-star uh tickets to magic kingdom and uh epcot maybe or magic kingdom animal kingdom uh one stroll to rental per day and one merch bag i believe this is for three people pretty pretty good deal Actually, Pete, do you remember which parks it was for? Was it for Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, or Magic? That's Kingdom? correct. Yeah, Magic okay. Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And it's and it's a one day ticket, not a park hopper to uh, to each one. So, Pete, I I pretty much consider you our our expert on pricing and what's a good deal, what's a bad deal. I know Tom thinks it's a good deal. I do too. But what's your opinion of it as far as you know, bang for your buck? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think so. You, you know, you're you're looking. Depending on on when you're going, you're looking one hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty dollars per person per ticket. So just in tickets, you're almost at nine hundred ninety nine dollars right there. So yeah, I mean you get a couple nights in a hotel and a couple other freebies thrown in. I think it's I think it's a decent deal. The last bit of news it's probably where we'll spend most time on one topic. Price hikes come to Walt Disney World. This happened what two weeks ago maybe. Obviously we haven't haven't had an episode, but uh, prices for annual passes have gone up between nine percent and twenty percent. With um, you know the no blackout passes now over a thousand dollar mark for the non Florida residents, very expensive. Uh, in addition to rising ticket and annual pass costs, Walt Disney has also increased parking fees. Uh, so value resorts it's fifteen dollars per night, moderate is twenty per night, and deluxe and deluxe villa resorts are twenty five per night if you'd like to park your vehicle there overnight. This is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how people can afford non Florida resident annual passes. And I'm very thankful that I bought mine before these price hikes happened. But 
Disney's getting ready for Galaxy's Edge, and as much as they're investing in it, they're going to get their money back one way or the other. And people will continue to come and pay these prices. I think that this kind of just reiterates, you know, if you do live in Florida, just please take advantage of it because you don't have the same benefits that other folks do, you know, throughout the rest of the country. Like Tom said, I'm kicking myself for not buying annual passes about a month or two ago. I really seriously considered it. And then I was just trying to find the right 12 month window and it's going to look, it looks like I missed out. So if you're a Florida resident, please take advantage of it. And, you know, just be aware this makes non-Florida residents have to think a lot more about how often they can get to Disney when they start thinking about purchasing the annual pass. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally agree. I think uh, I'd echo your, your sentiment there for sure. I think that this really starts the conversation again for, you know, maybe just go to Disney for a week, maybe go for 10 days and just bite the bullet on one, one trip instead of doing the annual pass if you're out of state. And that's just the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, I definitely think we could revisit the is it worth it episode and, and talk about it in depth. But that's all I had for news. That was a, a lot of news, but kind of blazed through it in, uh, as quickly as I could there. I've got a couple of more things, and they're not strictly Disney World related. Actually, they're not Disney World related at all. Well, that's interesting. But, <laughs> but whatever, they're still relevant. So I got really excited about these uh, the Rancor Teeth beer flights in Galaxy's Edge. It looks like they are already sold out. I feel like you guys made fun of me for wanting to buy a $75 beer flight. Apparently, I'm not the only one because these things are sold out through the summer. Didn't they get higher? It's like I thought the price was more than $75. I remember making you, fun of you, but I thought it was up to around a hundred dollars. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it was seventy five dollars. I think you can buy them on eBay for like hundreds of dollars now. So, anyway, so that's sold out. The Main Street Electric Light Parade is going back to Disneyland, and I think it's uh, yeah, August second through September thirtieth is when it's going to be back there. Not at Magic Kingdom, Disneyland. Sadly, still no nighttime parade at uh, at Walt Disney World. But anyway, that's all I've got for extra news. Uh, Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. Well, let's pause for just a second here to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun, but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, let's talk about Disney World. Love Disney World. Jellico wasn't there. I hope so. You're on a Disney World podcast. So, so, so Tom and I did just get back from our from our recent Disney trip, and so I think what we're going to do this episode is kind of go through what we did, what's new, what's old, what we liked, what we didn't like, and, and why the trip seemed like it just blazed by. Well, let's let's start let's start out. With, you know, first day. Who got there first? So, 
actually the one of the guys that was traveling with us got there first. Now I don't think he went into the park until he he met us. Uh, so so first day, and we'll we'll talk about the event in a future episode uh, that that we went to Thursday night, and that was the villains after hours event. But the first day we went to Magic Kingdom, and we did get into the park a little bit a uh, little bit before the event started. I think I landed what Tom five o'clock. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. And and Tom picked me up from the airport. We uh we sped. I feared for my life all the way from Sanford Airport down to Magic Kingdom. Parked at at Disney World. Parked at uh, at Magic Kingdom. Transportation Ticket Center. Paid the absolutely horrendous god. I didn't realize parking was so expensive there. Twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. Uh, we 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 didn't have time to make it to the hotel and uh, and then get an Uber back over to uh, Magic Kingdom. So bit the bullet and parked at Magic Kingdom, $25. I mean, I can't tell you how long it's been since I, since I paid to park at Magic Kingdom. Obviously it's been a long time. If I, if $25 was a shock to me. Yeah. 45 for preferred parking. $45. Now that is good. If you're park hopping, that $25 is good at every park you go to. So if you park at Magic Kingdom, you leave, you go to Animal Kingdom, you show me your receipt and they, and they let you park. But I mean, we got there at six thirty at, at night. I mean, we weren't going anywhere, so we paid twenty five bucks to park for five hours. So we got there, we parked the car, and I immediately lost the uh, the printed tickets to get into the villains event. So <laughs> set the night off on the right foot, which wasn't a big deal. They were on our magic bands, but I, I think Tom was a little worried about activating our tickets a little early, activating his annual pass early. So well, we did have. Printed tickets, and if well, and well, Disney told you to bring your printed tickets. And if anyone else were to have picked up those tickets and beaten Pete and I into the park, they would have actually scanned in with our tickets. What I love I is bet. like I'm imagining like Pete opening the door to the car and the tickets just flying out the door, and and Tom's no. face just watching the tickets go away. <laughs> no, not, nothing like that. We uh, I stuck him. Tom handed him to me. I stuck him in my back pocket, and don't really know what happened to him at that point. Never saw him again. Never saw him again. So, but aside from, you know, aside from the doing the like, like Pete said, we're gonna do a whole episode on the villains night. But we did the villains night, and I'll tell you, it was a, it was a late night getting from the park. I mean, you need to build in an hour probably when you're leaving the park that late to get to parking and get out of the parking lot. Took a while. I was gonna, I was gonna say that too. It's a um, going to Magic Kingdom is always very frustrating. Not staying on Disney property because you do have to go through the transportation and ticket center. It takes a long time. Our initial plan was to park at the hotel, Uber over to Magic Kingdom. But, you know, because of the, the length of time that it takes to get from the Transportation Ticket Center over to Magic Kingdom, we didn't we didn't have time to do that. So a little annoying there. But yeah, I had a good night at Magic Kingdom. It was it was hot. It was crowded. I realized about 15 minutes in that I had the wrong shoes on. So uh, luckily it was a it was a relatively short day compared to the, the ones that we had following up. But, uh, but yeah, good night at Magic Kingdom. We'll... We'll uh, we'll talk about that on our next episode. But got to do everything. A uh, little little teaser, a couple of little teasers actually. Uh, Space Mountain was absolutely incredible uh, to ride during the villains event. And, and Tom, I think you and I had the conversation that we we both felt like this villains event should have been maybe maybe had a minimum age limit set on it. Yeah, 16, 18, 21 could be very interesting as well. Not and not because. There was alcohol there or any adult themes or anything like that, but it was a little bit it was a little bit scarier than uh, the Magic Kingdom typically is. 
So that pretty much wraps up day one without without going into the details. You day two was Hollywood Studios Day. Day two was Hollywood Studios Day. So day two dawned bright and early. We did not have a fast pass for Slinky Dog Dash. On purpose. On day two. On purpose. On, on pur- well, not and on purpose. How did y'all feel walking in on day two without that fast pass? What was your priority? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. We we planned specifically to get up early. I mean, it was a, it was a late night the night before. We didn't go to bed until 3 a.m. We were up by, I would say, 7 to get to uh, to get over to Hollywood Studios by a little bit after 8 so we could uh, we could be the first people in. It's a mad rush to get over to Toy Story Land first thing in the morning at Hollywood Studios. Just an absolute mad rush. We were fortunate. We uh, we ended up only waiting about 20 minutes to ride Slinky Dog Dash first thing in the morning there. We're able to hop off Slinky Dog Dash and scoot right over to uh, Midway Mania, right, Tom? Yeah, right, right, right. That would make sense. Yep. Did y'all Disney dad walk at all? We did a lot of Disney dad walking, uh, particularly in the morning. Well, I, I say particularly in the morning. There really isn't room to Disney dad walk first thing in the morning because the cast members really control it. They don't want people running through the parks, right? So they really control the speed of how fast you're walking to these attractions. And you kind of get stuck in a line and people are trying to crowd you out. But, you know, you, everybody kind of goes the same pace. So Toy Story Midway Mania. And then we started going and getting into our fast passes. Went over and did... Uh, what time of day is this now when you got done with Toy Story... Mid- midway mania what time of day just for our listeners? 9 20 wow yeah, I mean, we had, moving yeah we had ridden we had ridden really the the two you know two of the four attractions at hollywood studios by 9 30 i would say so you can kind of tell where this is going i mean went over knocked out and, and started knocking out our fast passes at that point well before we move on to the fast passes can you give a quick review on Slinky Dog, and then obviously we've all done Midway Mania a few times, but, you know, how did you feel about the rides, you know, especially Slinky Dog being new, but Midway Mania, did you enjoy it as much as you had in, in past trips? Yes. Um, so Slinky Dog, Slinky Dog's okay. I think Tom has a lot better appreciation for it than I do. It, to me, it's it's very similar to a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train without the all the theming that you get on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. It's it's a good roller coaster. Don't get me wrong, and it's a little bit more. It's a little bit, I guess, bigger roller coaster than I guess I initially anticipated. But it's not, you know, it's not the best thing at at uh, at Hollywood Studios. So I mean, this isn't the first time doing Slinky Dog. Uh, I think I liked it better last time than this time, but I still think it's the best roller coaster at at Hollywood Studios. I think it's better than Rock and Roller Coaster. Maybe it's because that's just the, the fact that I've done Rock and Roller Coaster so many times. And Midway Mania is, I'm not very good at it, but, you know, it's its definitely an awesome attraction. There was there was a uh, a late come from behind victory on, on Midway Mania. Yeah, Pete Pete came back came back and beat me there in the, in the last, uh, the last like, screen. It wasn't even the last stage. So, that's yeah, pretty we, awesome. Yeah, then we, we, we dove right into our Fast Passes. We had Rock and Roller Coaster. Hey Tom, really quick, before before you go into the fast pass, I have one more question. Do you think Slinky Dog would be a ride that's better at nighttime than daytime? Because I enjoy Big Thunder way more at night than I do during the day. And when you think about Space Mountain, where it's in the dark all the time, and how much we all love that attraction, do you think Slinky Dog gets any added benefit at night, or is it pretty much, you know, would you rather just ride it anytime you get an opportunity? And you're not, you know, not too picky. I'm not overly picky, but I think in general, Toy Story Land is better at nighttime because of the lights. The and lighting, theming. yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. it probably would be better. I think there's portions of Slinky Dog that light up at night that you obviously don't see during the day. But yeah, it's a, it's a good roller coaster whenever. So moving over to Fast Pass, we had, like I said, we had we had Rock and Roller Coaster 
and and went over and knocked that out. Uh, I will say we had we had. Um, I guess our next one would have been Tower of Terror, right? No, I think it was Star Tours. Okay. So we did Rock and Roller Coaster, and that was fantastic. Long line, uh, and then we actually he- went and headed over to uh, to Star Tours area. Uh, that was our next Fast Pass, uh, another fun attraction. And then our last one was Tower of Terror, and, and Tower of Terror is an extremely difficult Fast Pass to get right now because they're only utilizing half of half of the attraction. So they're they're down two elevators, which has a huge impact on wait time and Fast Passes. But I, and I'll go ahead and tell you, after we did these three attractions, you were looking at 120 minute waits across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy for, for everything. I mean, for Slinky Dog, Midway Mania got up there. Uh, Swirling Saucers was up there. Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster all were up 100, 100 plus minute waits. Yep. And it was hot. I mean, it was absolutely miserable out there. And you know what? I just realized we, we didn't have to use a Fast Pass on Star Tours. We had um, Swirling Saucers instead. That's right. We waited standby right. on Star Tours. Star Tours wasn't, wasn't that bad when we waited standby. But yeah, I mean, I in, in general, I think we... Um, confirmed that Hollywood Studios is a half day park. I mean we were done we were done with uh with all the major attractions. Now we didn't we didn't do any of the shows. We we considered it, but we kept missing uh we kept missing the start times by by five minutes or we'd walk up and they'd they'd close it off for the next show. So we we didn't do any of the shows. But I mean by lunchtime we had ridden every attraction there and went and got Tom's favorite meal I think of the trip at that point, right? We did it. If, if you follow our Twitter, you notice that we did Pizza Rizzo's, and we did this. I don't know why Pete Pete wanted to do this because it was going to be funny, and so we did that. And it, it was, wasn't it wasn't funny once we got into it. It was horrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Look, okay, the restaurant itself is cool. The, the theming in there is all Muppets. All the pictures on the walls have little hidden Muppets in there. They've got a a giant area upstairs where kids can just hula hoop and run around and go crazy. The food is, is, I mean, they ran out of pepperoni pizza. How do you run out of pepperoni pizza at a pizza? That's literally the only thing they serve. So we were waiting for our food. The salad was the best thing we ate there. And it wasn't very good. Yeah. I, I regret this decision. It, it was bad, but we did it for the podcast. We're a podcast for the people. And now you have a recent and very accurate review of Pizza Rizzo's. Now, I was don't, very hungry. Don't go. Don't I was go. very hungry. So the first slice was okay, but the, the next couple were terrible. So you like, know, I've had like, is this okay. Like, have you ever had the Red Baron little personal pizzas that come frozen in like stacks of twelve? Are you you're actually talking to a Red a Red Baron no, connoisseur? I, I like I like Red Baron guys. I'll, I'll no, okay, no, it tastes no, 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 no. Okay, this is like half the quality of those Red Baron pizza stacks. Okay, it here here's what it tastes like. It tastes like someone took a completely frozen whatever piece pizza of cardboard and and. <laughs> Yeah, there's two things it tastes like a, a frozen pizza that someone half microwaved or a piece of cardboard with pizza sauce on it. I, I think the piece of cardboard with pizza sauce on it would have actually been better than, right, than the pizza rather, was there. Would you rather have a Lunchable or the pizza you ate at this place? A Lunchable. Lunchable, hands lunchable. down. <laughs> hands down. It was awful. It was awful. So we made a poor decision. We did go over to uh, to Baseline Tap House. And and had a couple of drinks there, and I actually got a pretzel there that was very very good. It was not the typical Disney pretzel. This was a big fluffy pretzel with some beer cheese. It was it was good. I like Baseline Tap House. It's yeah. it's small, thoroughly it's enjoyed. Kind of that. a it's expensive. Don't get me wrong, but they've got some some good beers in there. Good atmosphere. We also went over to was that at the Dinosaur? I it, it was. I can't remember the exact name of the restaurant, but whatever we had there was fantastic. 
We had the milkshakes. The uh, the Kahlua and Bailey's milkshakes. The grown-up milkshakes. The grown-up milkshakes. And they were they were very good also. So after that, uh, our, the final member of our trip uh, was, was running a little bit behind and met us at Hollywood Studios. We were actually able to snag a fast pass for Rock and Roller Coaster to ride with him as soon as he got there. After that, we left. I mean, it was, what, one thirty, two o'clock? I think our we fast done. pass was at 2. So after that Rock and Roller Coaster, we... Uh, we were done with Hollywood Studios and went at that point to what I think became kind of the highlight of the trip for, for all of us, right? Yes. I feel like, yeah, I feel this like, was... Are we skipping over some dinners? No. No, no, no. This is midday. This is 2 o'clock. This is we midday. This is, yeah, 2 okay. o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, because remember, we didn't get to, to Magic Kingdom until 7 o'clock. So we had a quick Cosmic Rays dinner with no sunny eclipse, by the way, which another story there. But no, uh, so 2 o'clock... So hopped on a Disney bus over to the Polynesian and went to Trader Sam's Grotto. Now, this was, Tom, your first time inside there, correct? And and the other guy that was with us was his first time inside there, too. I think both of y'all had been there at the outside walk-up bar. Totally different experience. It's hands down the best bar at Disney World. The theming, the waiters, the waitstaff, the bartenders, the overall vibe of this bar you know, so I'll give you some background. This bar has a lot of unique offerings. And one thing I knew is if you sit at the bar, the bar stools will raise and lower on their own. So you'll be talking and talking and all of a sudden you realize you're five feet below the person sitting next to you and you can't even reach the bar anymore. And they do it on their own. No one, you know, they say no one has control over it. And there was a, actually a young lady there who her seat had lowered so much. and They gave her a booster seat. They had to give her a booster seat so she could actually drink at the bar. But the the theming in there, the the lights change. There's pictures that change. There's rain inside. I mean, it's and and every time somebody orders one of their unique drinks, there's there's something that goes along with it. So it catches instance, on like wildfire you, because if yeah, one if you order a crack at you order a Krakatoa punch and the picture of the volcano erupts. Uh, you order an Aoa and everybody chants Aoa and and everybody gets into it. I mean, you can't help but get into it. And it's a small bar, and they don't overcrowd it. So it's not like one of those standing room only you can't function bars. They only allow enough people enough people in where there's seats at the bar or, or tables you can get. And it's a fantastic marketing thing because by the end of it, I'm like, well, I'm just going to order this drink because no one's ordered it in here yet, and I want to see what happens. So spending $20 to see a 30-second little reaction. Yeah, and we talked about that when we were sitting in there, that, that the number of people in the bar really helped the atmosphere. I mean, there was a brief wait when we went. We got there early enough that... I think we were at the top of the waiting list, so we were really only waiting for one table to open up. But yeah, that, that bar would not work if it were packed to the gills with people. So yeah, that was probably the highlight of the trip, and we maybe messed up by leaving. We probably should have just stayed there and eaten dinner there, because as Matt alluded to, we did have a dinner reservation on this trip. We did have a dinner reservation over at, over at Disney Springs, and at this point in the day, we were all gross. It was hot outside. I think we all wanted to shower. We had a little bit later reservation at Disney Springs, so got to Disney Springs, uh, went to Jacques Lindsay's Hangar Bar, and I think we all ordered a drink there, hung out there for a little while before our reservation at Enzo's Hideaway. <sighs> I don't. I wish. I wish that I liked this place more. The service was not very good. The service was not only was it not very good, the service was kind of trash. Yeah, and that that definitely because it took so long to get in and out and to get your order in, and that that's what. Um, I mean, it kind of ended our evening because it took so long. The uh, The food actually wasn't that bad. It was just really overpriced. 
yeah, I enjoyed the food, but yes, it was overpriced. The bread service was phenomenal. You know, the, the, the funniest thing of the night, the way Enzo's works, it, it connects kind of through a tunnel to um, the Edison, and, and they share the bathroom, and the bathroom is actually located in the Edison. Well, I wasn't really paying attention on my walk to the bathroom, and when you turn around, there's multiple doors, and you get in the hallway, and I found myself in a Disney cast member locker room at one portion on my way back. Wow. We didn't come up. We we can't just gloss over this. What was it like? No, I mean it's just it's just standard locker room. But I came out of that and and I I actually went back to the Edison because I knew which door took me to the Edison and I just sat there and was like, okay, I can either walk outside and walk all the way around the restaurant or and then I found a lady noticed my confusion and said, hey, are you trying to to you look like you're lost? I said, yeah, I, I was just over at another restaurant. I came over here to go to the bathroom. I can't find my way back. So uh, it's really not that difficult. I think you know I had some fun at Trader Sam's and had some fun at. Uh, at, at Jock Lindsay's, and uh, so that added to my confusion. <laughs> to say the least. So, again, maybe if we had had better service at Enzo's Hideaway, we would have enjoyed this a lot more, but it felt like our reservation was, what, at 8 o'clock or 8.30, I think? And it was, I mean, it was 11 o'clock almost by the time we get out of there. It was it was real late, so we called it a night at that point. We knew we had a, an early morning reservation at Garden Grill in Epcot, so uh, we we did call it a night at that point and, and headed back to the hotel. And then it was the big day. And then it was a big day. So we um, we did Epcot, and as I mentioned on the Twitter again that morning, we did Garden Grill for breakfast as it allows you to, one, get a, I don't know if it's a good breakfast, but at least a hearty breakfast in before before your day. And it gives you the benefit of hopping on Soren much earlier than if you were to just do rope drop. But I'm here to tell you, on this day, Disney World did not allow that. And I'm not sure if it was just a cast member type thing or they've actually changed the policy there. Uh, one, Garden Grill's prices have gone up. It was about 40 bucks a person before tip. And two, they did not they did not open Soren until about 8.57, which was three minutes before the park officially opened. And that's just not worth it to me. Yeah, I mean, last time we were here, I mean, it was it was quarter till nine. I mean, we were we were off of Soren and back on I think Test Track by nine o'clock by the time the park opened last time we did this. And yeah, you're right. This time it just it didn't happen for whatever reason. There were a ton of people lined up outside Soren, but yeah, it was about three minutes before nine before they uh, before they actually opened the doors. And I mean, the food at Garden Grill is okay. It's it's not certainly worth like you said, 40 or $45 a person. So without this benefit, without, you know, the only thing I will say, if if you're the type of person that wants to take empty park pictures, get a reservation at Garden Grill prior to nine o'clock because you'll have, I mean, the entire park to yourself. Tom got a really, really good picture, a couple of really good pictures of Spaceship Earth without any people around. And so that that is one benefit that uh, that is still there. But I don't know. I don't know if this is a change in policy or a, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but we didn't get that extra benefit. So we were a little bit late getting off of uh, Soren and, and heading over to uh, to Test Track. Yeah. And again, I mean, we, we had a very similar game plan that we always have. It was hit the, hit the main attractions and then hit the World Showcase. And boy, did we do that. We did. We, we did very well with Test Track and um, two times came within a couple points of having the best, best car design of the day. <clears throat> but we came up a little short there. I uh, did Mission Space multiple times and Spaceship Earth, and then it was uh, it was go time. And I'll tell you, I felt, and I think we all did, but I felt especially sick on on Saturday morning riding on Spaceship Earth. I thought I was going to lose it for a while there, but that's because recovered. the smells on Spaceship Earth are absolutely awful. 
No, they're absolutely incredible, you mean. Oh my gosh, no. And and definitely ran into some uh some Disney troublemakers on Spaceship Earth as well. Yeah, so I'll tell a funny story, I guess. I'm sitting on Spaceship Earth and they stop it. You know, I'm sure there's you know, somebody that it's getting transported into a, a ride vehicle and I get this very strong smell of marijuana. I said, Man, I was riding with our with our, one of our buddies. I, I said, Smells like Smells like uh, some some marijuana on this. Smells like weed. And I realize it's the people behind me. They have a like a weed pen and they're coughing pretty hard. And, and the guy's girlfriend is laughing super hard. And so then I realize, oh, I, I'm not trying to get him in trouble, whatever. And at the end of Spaceship Earth, when you go down, and you see all the stars. He start he starts describing how much better the attraction is after uh, bringing his <laughs> weed pen along. That's wild. Was, absolutely mind-boggling to look at these stars and <laughs> he thinks spaceship earth is a hundred times better when high so if that's your cup of tea and you are uh you're risky enough to do that in disney world uh someone did it literally a row behind me and uh got away with it and um parents make sure you put the earmuffs on your children about 15 seconds ago yeah yeah <laughs> sorry about that but um <laughs> So then it was, but yeah, straight from there, it was pretty much uh, get a bottle of water and, and get to Mexico. Oh, wait, we went the reverse time. It was go to Canada. And I want to talk about the Canada Pavilion. I always rag on this pavilion because it's always at the end of my World Showcase experience. I'm just ready to kind of get, get it over with and move on and do something. We spent some, we, we, we spent some intentional time in Canada and explored the waterfalls of the pavilion and the back area of the pavilion. Actually, not that bad pretty well themed do you think you've been uh you've been given canada a little bit like you've been treating it a little short i haven't i haven't sh- i have not given the respect canada deserves so i'm because here to say that i was it's I'll a pretty pavilion it. yeah it's not yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty pavilion down you know i think we we make the mistake of walking in getting a drink and and saying oh well, here we are in canada and and yeah so going there first was nice to be able to explore the pavilion a little bit we did walk down by the waterfall Walked down by O Canada, did not go into O Canada, so I guess we're uh, we, we're not going to see O Canada before it closes. But but they got rid of the beer cart. I was really looking forward to the beer cart, and it wasn't there. No, nope, all had to the go beers. Inside. Had to go yeah, inside all the beers it. now are located inside the uh, inside the store, which to me seems like it'd be a little nuts if it's uh, if it's crowded in there. But whatever, I guess it works for them. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, I, I don't know if we want to go through this country by country. We've done this before, but some of the highlights. I mean, UK having nobody in it when you go backwards was a highlight and a low light because it's kind of fun when it's crazy in there too. Yeah, but we got it. We got a table. We relaxed for a little bit. I mean, it was hot outside. So, and I still wasn't feeling a hundred percent. So being out in the heat was, uh, was, was troubling to me. Then our next country was France. And, uh, we always talk about the food there. We did eat in France is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. at this point, we're still going fairly slow, but I, and I, and I haven't asked Pete this, but what in the heck happened in Morocco? I would, I could have killed you too. I was so ready to leave Morocco. <laughs> okay, let, let me let that... me say what I heard happened in Morocco when I talked to a couple of people on the trip. I heard that one person was enjoying their beverage and was ready to move on. And the next two people kind of did like a wrestling tag team on finishing a drink and the next person orders another one and everyone sits there a little bit longer. No, no. There was no there was not a second drink ordered by anyone, but there was purposeful. It was intentionally drinking drinks slow because the other two, Pete and our buddy, knew the rule is you got to finish what you're eating or drinking in each country before you can leave, and that's how they were controlling this pace. 
And I mean, I was like a peacock and I wanted to let my wings out. And they, we spent far too much time in Morocco. And look, I, I really appreciate the Morocco. And the other guy that was with us does too, really appreciate the Morocco pavilion, how intricately it's designed and and, the, and really the beauty of the pavilion. So I think we wanted to spend some time exploring and you were in a, you were in a big rush for some reason. There's, there's another country I was ready to kill you at and we'll talk about it in a minute. But see, with Morocco and all these pavilions, you guys... You know, it's, it's hot at Disney. We've said that multiple times. When you go back in the pavilion, you, you're you blocked from wind. So I'm like, well, let's at least stay out in front of the pavilion so we can get a breeze. But our next stop was Japan. Spent a lot of time actually watching the, the drummers. Well, the taiko, drum, the taiko drummers. And we got sucked in immediately when we walked up. And then we, and, and we like we always say. There. We did go through the store. But but like we always say about the taiko drummers, if you start watching the show, you, you have to finish. Yeah you, I mean, can't, it's like, yeah, you can't leave until the show's over. Those women cast a spell on you or something. I'm not really sure, but we watched them open some uh, open some oysters and get some pearls out. Yeah. And then this is another part of the day where I was ready to kill them. We get to the American Adventure. Uh, we watched the um, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy show, which was good. Yeah. So what did, what did you think about the Guardians of the Galaxy show? I actually thought they were very talented vocalists. I thought it was a really good show. I, I agree. I think this is a, a don't miss while it's going on at the American Adventure Pavilion. I I think you definitely go see this, and it's all, it's performed enough. I mean, we saw it twice. <laughs> my like, bad. That's part of my point here. So then we, we we watched that show, which we all think was really good, and then we go to watch the American Adventure, and I actually laid on the floor. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I fell asleep for probably 15 minutes in this, which we all needed at this point. It was hot. We were tired. Now, what made you the most angry? About the American Adventure. So we, we finished that we finished the, the show. Oh, the whole LeBron like they have LeBron <laughs> James in the show in a Cav jersey, which makes no sense. Put him at least in a USA Olympics jersey. The Cavs have nothing to do with American Adventure. LeBron James has nothing to do with it. But he's an American hero. We this is where I got perturbed. We finish and it's like, all right, we've been here over an hour and Guardians of the Galaxy is, is going on again. And these two idiots grab a table and just sit there and, and they're like, What are you in a rush for? They they order like a pretzel or something. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, we've been in this pavilion over an hour. You all can stay here all day if you like. I'm moving on. And then it's like a it's like a, a psychology twist happened, and you were you guys were blazing through countries. <laughs> Italy is probably where we should have spent most of the time. I I agree with that. I agree with because that. and we and we didn't because all the pizza and everything there, and we didn't. So we well the problem with Italy is that it took way too long to get a drink because. Of course, there's young Italian guys, and they're flirting with the young ladies that are passing through the pavilion. Exactly what was happening, too. Like, no exaggeration. (laughs) Getting numbers and and everything. So it took us, honestly, 20, what, 25 minutes, 20 minutes to get a a drink? It was brutal. Y'all weren't hating on them getting digits, were you? We we just wanted them to do that on the side and let us move through and get get our check out. Here's the thing. Three, Three cast members at the drink card in Italy. Three Disney cast members. Three, you know, attractive young Italian guys. They didn't all need three need to be like getting digits. One of them could have been working. One of them, they they all three were trying to get the same girl's digits. <laughs> I, I respect no. the hustle. I mean, at that point, it's just a competition between three guys saying like, all right, which one else is going to get it? Like, You know what? It worked out though, because the, the girl was very intoxicated, spills her drink and goes, walks up and get, gets a free one, brand new one. And then her friend found the fountain. All yeah. right, guys. We really need to get the earmuffs back home. <laughs> well, off, anyway, so Italy, here. good times in Italy, Germany, nothing really memorable in Germany. I don't, I don't believe. Nope. You know, just typical Germany. Uh, made our way over to China. 
egg rolls, tipsy ducks were had. Although I don't, I did not get a tipsy duck. I had like 18 egg rolls in China throughout <laughs> our day. <laughs> They're good egg rolls. They're good egg rolls. Then, yeah, Norway was just kind of, it was Norway. You had frozen, which was very good. Road, road frozen, which, uh, you know, I, I appreciated the fact that we had a fast pass. The air conditioning in frozen was good. And then we ended in Mexico. We ended in Mexico and, and really turned it up into high gear in Mexico. I think Tom almost got me kicked out of uh, La Cava del Tequila in Mexico. I uh, Earmuffs. I jokingly told the bartender when, when Pete ordered two drinks, I said, he has a problem. And the bartender said, but I have to pretend I didn't hear that. He obviously knew we, we were not drunk. We were fine, right? But uh, apparently that he wouldn't, it was not supposed to be allowed to serve Pete a beverage because I said that, that I could have been for real that Pete didn't need a drink. And realistically, this line was so long for La Cava that, you know, that's, I mean, that's why we were ordering two drinks. We just didn't want to stand in the line again. Yeah. And so, you know, once we finished there, your, your day's not over. We had some more time to do test track and mission space. And if you ever want to do Journey into Imagination, it closes at 7. We were standing right outside of it about 6.40 and we're just kind of hanging out. And then like 7.15. No, no, no. We were not just hanging out. What were we doing? We were counting, we were counting how many bunnies were in that field. I was, <laughs> we were all on the phone. I was on the phone with my wife. I think I was on the phone with my yeah. wife. And so then, then we're like, all right, well, we're about to go ride this attraction. And uh, it closed three minutes prior. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then we, so we uh, didn't get to see Figment. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty relaxing. We, we, we just pretty much ate egg rolls for dinner and then uh, ordered a pizza on the way back to our room. We did. The, now, the, the end of the night at Epcot was absolutely crazy because we made our way back over to China, got some more egg rolls. Then went back over to Mission Space and rode Mission Space, or rode Test Track and then Mission Space, and then with three minutes before the park closed, landed Fast Passes for Soren. So sprinted, and I'm I. This was not a Disney Dad walk. This was a full out sprint from Mission Space over to Soren, over to the land in Soren. And Tom, you were you were lagging well behind. All right, so I I was not. I refused to sprint. I didn't really care if I rode it again. I had to I had to go do a uh, Disney Disney bathroom break, but anyway I get there and they have not gotten on the attraction yet. So I tell the cast member my buddies are in here. They send me where they think they went. They're not there. I'm walking into the Soren Theater and I was like, Hey, my friends aren't here. Can I go look at another theater? I track them down uh, as a no Disney cast members at all, just kind of wandering around the attraction. I ended up finding them and sitting next to them, and that was the last night that last ride of the night. Now was that where we saw the woman that said she had ridden Soren? 299 times or no, whatever. The, the, first, the first time on Soren that morning, there's a lady who said that we were in the best row and she's ridden it 300 times. And I made the quietly and very sly statement after, man, 303 times on Soren for me. <laughs> Just this, what, what, a, what an awesome ride. I don't think she heard me, but she made it evident. Everyone there knew she rode it. Th- it was her 300th time. So she probably listened, know it was my th- by the way. So calm, it, was, it was my 303rd time. Who knows? So, so that was the end of the Disney experience for for most of us. Although I did go on, and I was I was the sole survivor of the trip to make it to Animal Kingdom the next day. And and let me tell you, we you know we did an episode on solo Disney trips a couple weeks ago. Now that I've now that I've done a solo day at a Disney park, I, I want to do it again. I want to do a whole trip by myself because it was it was phenomenal. And I'll, I'll briefly walk you through the day. So I had I had already set up fast passes for Flight of Passage, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and Expedition Everest. 
So wrote, wrote all three of those, but was also able to improve those fast pass times because I was solo, was able to improve those fast pass lines and was done with all three of those rides by, I think I got to the park at 8.30, was off all three of those rides by like 11. I feel like you might have listened to our, our solo Disney trip podcast that Thomas and I put together. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did. So, but the coolest thing about this trip is, or about this day, is that when you're by yourself... You don't have to worry about keeping up with people. You don't have to worry about what anybody else wants to do. It's all you. I, I decided I wanted to sit down, you know, get a get a Coke, sit down, relax, watch the crowds for a little while. So I did. Now, while I was doing that, I was getting more fast passes. And I actually was able to ride Flight of Passage three times on, on, this, uh, on this trip. I bet Pete could set a record for most fast passes in a day. If, if he really just like locked himself in and said, guys, this is my mission today. I bet he could do the most fast passes in any Disney park in a given 12-hour time frame. Well, well, here's the thing. So I, I got a fast pass for Flight of Passage at, at 12.20, right? And Flight of Passage is 180 minutes all day long. So I had a 12.20 Flight of Passage fast pass. I went and had lunch at Satuli Canteen, which is as good as, as you remember it, Tom. Uh, got, the, uh, got the slow roasted beef bowl. Asked for extra sauce this time. The extra sauce was key. Uh, it made it made it that much better. But walked over about twelve fifteen, got on flight of passage. As I was walking, the exit queue passes through wind traders. As I'm walking through wind traders, I get another fast pass for twelve thirty, and it's it's twelve twenty five at this point. So I I literally walk right back onto flight of passage, past all these people that I've just walked past, still waiting in line. They have not moved a bit, and I felt awful. No, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. I really didn't. I really didn't. But had I had no problem, you know, completely different experience from the last time I was at Animal Kingdom. I had no problems getting fast passes for anything that I wanted. I would love if Pete said, I've ridden Flight of Passage three times today. Here's the best spot to go to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was jealous. I mean, I was I, I had to travel back Sunday, and, and while I'm, I enjoyed just traveling back, and I was jealous when Pete was just rolling fast passes. I, I think I kept sending you screenshots of my fast passes because it was kind of unbelievable. Yeah, there's, and I'll tell you that part. You know, not being with people, I don't know. I, I guess I just noticed a lot more, and and I sat down and kind of watched, you know, a, a lot too. But I guess I just noticed a lot more of the details at that park, particularly in Pandora. I I sat in Pandora for probably a good forty five minutes. You know, walked around Pandora and and just took everything in. So. It was it was good. I really enjoyed. Uh, I was I was a little worried about it, but I really enjoyed being there by myself because it's Disney, right? I mean, everybody's there to have a good time. Like, you don't have to be nervous about anything. It's just uh, so. Pete, would you do a solo Disney trip for more than one day after your experience? Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. The only the only part that would kind of suck is is waiting in line. You know, actually waiting in a line. But based on my experience, you wouldn't have to do that. Because it's so easy to get fast passes for single people. And there's so many single rider lines too. I mean, all three times that I rode Flight of Passage, I got called up from, you know, the fast pass line gets decently long on Flight of Passage. But I got called up from the back of the fast pass line because they were looking for a single rider. So I didn't even have to wait in the fast pass line. Yeah, I think that's key. That's awesome. I'm glad you shared that because, I mean, we that's kind of what we reiterate to folks, you know, in that episode that you know, going as a single person to Disney or, you know, just going by yourself, can be a lot of fun and you can really knock out a substantial part of Disney World in a short amount of time. Yeah, I a hundred percent wouldn't have a problem going and, and doing a you know a three or four day trip. Like really 
could probably knock out all four parks in, in two days by yourself. I think the key is the restaurants too. You could really enjoy Disney to your full, to the fullest capabilities in three or four days and hit like everything great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry you guys missed it, but uh, I had a good time by myself in Animal Kingdom. Anything else? Any other comments, questions? No, think that I'm good. So good trip. Again, we'll talk uh, more in depth about the uh, Villains event next week. But um, yeah, good trip. Can't wait to get down on the next one. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I've got a trip in about a month from today. So I'm, I'll be back there soon. Lucky. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move into the uh, trivia question secret of the night. What have we got this week? So secret of the night. Did you know when viewed from above, Animal Kingdom forms the shape of Africa? I don't know if I knew this, but a uh, really, really cool uh, kind of secret of the night. Disney has, has often done that with parks and attractions. You know, Hollywood Studios was the largest hidden Mickey at one point. Uh, it's kind of eroding now, but uh, that's kind of another little Disney secret. I want to go to the trivia question of, the, of last week. Trivia question from or from a couple weeks ago now. It was what month and year did Blizzard Beach open? That's a tongue twister every time I try to say it. It was uh, April 1st, 1995. So appreciate all the uh, participation there. We enjoyed doing the Disney Drops episode. Uh, but going to the trivia question of this week, I remember you can tweet us at Podcast or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. Trivia question of this week. What is the name of the fictional mining town that Big Thunder Railroad takes place in? So there is actually a town name of that mining town that you're going through. Again, tweet us at Podcast or email us at mendoww at gmail.com with your uh, guesses. All right, I got one more for you before we close out the show. And I saw this on Twitter. I can't take credit for it. But trivia question. Where did Captain Hook get his hook? Do either of you have any idea? The second-hand store. It is a second-hand store. I died laughing when I saw that today. That was pretty clever. That was pretty pretty clever. All right, well, anything else? I don't think so. I got my corner show job for the day. I'm glad you did. All right, well, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week. <laughs>